Welcome to episode number 36 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are currently in a series entitled Finances Need Prayer and Faith. Many times when we pray about our finances, we might have just a little bit of doubt in there, like Lord bless us or help my income to go up or help me to be a better budgeter or whoever it might be. But I believe it's important that we get to the point that when we pray, we just believe. We just accept God at his word. He tells us that the prayers of a righteous man are led of God. He tells us to pray the prayer of faith. The word tells us that when we pray, believe, and trust that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything we can imagine or even think. So if we build a foundation of prayer based upon the word of God, our prayers will become stronger. In the area of our finances, when we think about our financial situation, many times we think that it's hopeless or that the only way that I'm going to be blessed in my finances is if someone passes away and leaves me an inheritance, or if I win the lottery, or if somehow, some way, I just get a bunch of money in the mail and God just sent me a check, I guess. So it's really so important when we talk about our finances and we think about what God's plan is for our finances. In my opinion, the foundation for our finances is prayer, and then to have faith, to believe for the prayers that we requested of our Lord. It's crucial that we understand in our finances that one of the ways that opens up the floodgates of heaven is to understand the value of giving. So in today's session, this episode, I'm going to talk to you about giving will bring God's financial blessing. It's crucial. Please accept that. Receive that. Let me pray and see if God won't open up our eyes and our hearts to receive what he has for us today. Heavenly Father, I pray a blessing would be upon those who are listening in today. And I pray, Father, as we take on the subject of giving, we'll bring God's financial blessing. Lord, that you will anoint me today, Father God, to bring forth something that'll touch hearts and lives. Pray that you'd open up the ears and the hearts and the spirit, Lord, of those who are listening in today, that they would understand that God is a God who gives. He gave us his son that we might have everlasting life. So he is a believer in giving and we must embrace giving. We must understand that is truly one of the foundational pillars of our ability to be blessed financially. So as we get into the word of God, I pray, Lord, you would bless it, that you would anoint it and just make this lesson one of the best we've ever received, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As it is with each episode, I like to build a foundation of this teaching or any teaching on the Word of God. Let's look in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. The Apostle Paul is speaking to the people in Corinth. I'm going to start reading at verse number one. We, we need to start there in order to understand the foundation he's trying to build here. He says here, I really don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem, for I know how eager you are to help. And I have been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you and Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. Let me just ask you a question now. Let's let's just think about this. Is it isn't it exciting when you run into someone who loves to give? They just are thrilled about giving to other people. I'm not talking just about finances. I believe when it comes to giving, we want to give of ourselves, of our time, of our background, our experiences, our knowledge. There's ways that we can help people and give to other people other than just through giving money. Paul's talking here about the financial issues that he's having, and he's saying that the generosity of the people there 
spread from one city and country to another. And that can be that way in your own church. When you find someone who's giving and a person who's been blessed to the Lord to be able to give of what they have, and maybe it's not, like I say, not just money, but they're blessed to share the experiences that they have. It's a blessing. I know when I see people give their time and go out on the weekends and and feed the hungry and care for the homeless and go into areas of town and take bottles of water and cases of water to people. I'm so blessed by it because of the generosity that they have and the desire that they have to give to others and share with others in order to be a blessing to them. So Paul is talking to the people here and he says, I just want you to understand that when you give, it's it's contagious. Giving is contagious. And I believe that that needs to spread through the church today. You know, it's interesting when you think about the church and the different attitudes people have about giving. Today, spreading around our country, is there's, there's a movement taking place that pastors are a little nervous, matter of fact, very nervous, about asking their congregation to give of their finances to bless the work of the Lord. And so they've stopped taking offerings. Some of them put buckets out in the lobby. Others just mail you a letter or something. And they basically feel that's the way not to upset the people and get the people angry. Now, if your church does that, don't turn me off. Don't say, well, that's what we do because the pastor doesn't want to offend anyone. Well, that's fine. If that's what you think you should do, then you could go ahead and stay with it. But let me give you an alternative to that. Let me tell you what the Word of God says about giving. The Lord tells us in examples throughout the Word of God that giving opens up the windows of heaven, that when we give of what we have to other people, it blesses that. And it also then comes back to us. It comes back to us pressed down, shaken together, and running over. As we look back at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul is telling these people that God wants us to give, but he wants us to give willingly and not give grudgingly. That's really the way a lot of folks give. They feel like it's an obligation they have to pay. In my experiences at the church, I had certain people who would come to me and when church was over and they'd say something like, Pastor, I just want to let you know we gave our entrance fee to heaven today during the offertory time. And that always kind of bothered me because I thought, you can't buy your way into heaven. You can't pay and expect God to bless you just because you're giving funds to the church. So that's kind of a person who feels a duty or a responsibility to give. But God looks at it totally differently when it comes to giving. He wants us to give freely, to give, be cheerful about it. Paul said, I don't want anyone to give if they're going to give grudgingly. Because see, that way it's not from our heart. And giving has to come from our heart. That's why we can be pleased with our giving regardless of how much money we have, whether we're very wealthy or whether we don't have a lot financially, if we give from what we have, God will bless it. Then as we read on in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6, Paul says these words, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. So Paul now here starting to explain that there's a benefit to generous giving. He wants us to understand that first of all, we should be willing and happy to give and we should give generously from what we have. In verse number 7, he says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. That in itself is just crucial because in our heart we'll be at peace. If we decide based upon what someone told us, that's not going to give us peace. But if we decide how much we should give of our finances to the work of the Lord, then we will have peace about it. We'll be free and understand that God's going to bless it. He says, so we should each decide how much we should give according to our how we feel in our heart. He says, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Now that's really an important thing to say 
because some of you may believe that I might be the kind of pastor who gets up before the church and just puts a lot of pressure on them and challenges them to give and I stand up there and make those statements. Well, that's not who I am at all because I believe what Paul is saying here. God wants his people to give from their heart. He wants them not to have a bad feeling about it. He wants them to be happy about giving. He wants us to have joy. When when we took the offering at our church, many times I'd stand up there and I'd make a presentation and say something like, something just kind of lighthearted to say, how many people enjoy the air conditioning here in the church? And they'd raise their hands and I'd say, well, I'm going to give you an opportunity now to pay the electric bill that provides us with that air conditioning. And they'd kind of laugh about it and just kind of get lighthearted about it because in reality, it's not a project that we want to beat people up to try and get as much money as we can out of them. But in here, he says, don't give reluctantly or, or in response to pressure. If someone is pressuring you to give and you've got to give and here's why you got to give and they just beat you over the head, that's really not the teachings that the Lord has for us. He goes on to say, Paul says this in in verse 7 at the end, he says, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Now, I just think that's one of the greatest expressions of how God thinks of us when we give back to him. We should be so happy to give. As a matter of fact, in our offerings at the church, I'd say, okay, it's time to receive our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. And people would applaud. I'm very serious when I say that. Literally, the church congregation, there would be hundreds and hundreds of people there, and they would break out in applause and be thankful and be happy and be cheerful about an opportunity to give to the work of the Lord. Because it truly is an opportunity. It's a chance where we can tell the Lord, I trust you with all my heart. I lean not on on my own understanding. In all my ways, I acknowledge you. And because of that, I'm going to give you what I have. You see, giving requires us to have trust. Earlier, I mentioned that our finances will be blessed when we have prayer and faith. Well, our finances will be blessed when we have prayer and faith. And also, we believe in giving when we believe that God is not going to put us in a bad spot financially. I believe that some people think that when the pastor stands up and says, okay, we're going to take the offering and I'd like every everyone here to give 10% of their income. I think some people think that that pastor is trying to get them into financial trouble. They might even think that God will not be happy with our giving until he puts us in bankruptcy. Well, that's just not true. When the Lord wants us to give, his design is to bless us, that he wants to bless. He wants to pour out a blessing for us. He wants to be able to release the blessings, the windows of heaven, it says, and the blessings that he has in store for all of his followers. So always approach giving with a cheerful heart. Don't do it if people are pressuring you to give. That's not the reason that we should give. And when we do, we should give unto the Lord generously. And we should do what it says in verse number seven, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. It's a joy to give. Reminds me of a great story about my son. Years ago, bought a home and then he sold it and he made a very large profit. And he came to me and he said, dad, you know, the profit that we made on this, I want to give 10% of that to the work of the Lord. And it was $70,000 that he made on this house. I'm not going to give you his name because that wouldn't be proper, but I was so proud of him. And he had made, him and his wife agreed that they had made $70,000 on their house. And they wanted to give the first $7,000 of that or 10% to the work of the Lord. And I can remember when he handed me the check because I was the pastor of the church at the time. And he handed me that check and his hand was kind of shaking a little bit. And you could see he had tears in his eyes because he was so filled with the joy that he had in his heart that he could actually give a $7,000 check to the 
the work of the Lord. Now that may not seem a lot to you. Maybe you're a wealthy person and you don't think that's a big deal, but I can tell you what, it was a big deal. When we have a certain amount of money and God impresses upon our heart to give to the work of the Lord, it's because he wants to bless us. It's because he He knows and He's his word is filled with examples of it that when we put God first in all that we do, he's going to bless us. And so our son was blessed and his wife was blessed and it was just a joyful time and he truly was cheerful in his heart and I know God loved and blessed that offering. A similar story happened when our daughter was about 16 years old. She had just started to drive and she had a little car accident. And I can remember when she came home and her car had a big crunch in it and we chatted about, well, the Lord will take care of it and fix it. And and he did. And so she was had to get her car repaired and fixed and was frustrated and shaken up over a little bit of it. She wasn't hurt, thankfully. But after a couple of months, the insurance company wrote her a check and said, for all your inconveniences and whatever, we would like to give you a check in settlement for $5,000 for this. Now, we took her to the doctor and she was fine. She was she checked out just fine. She had no permanent injuries and was doing just great. But all of a sudden, the 16-year-old kid had a $5,000 check. Now, that goes back a lot of years. And she came to me and she said, Dad, I, I'm so excited about this. This is so neat. She said, I can't wait to give $500 of this to the church. I mean, that came right out of her mouth. And first thing that she thought about was God blessed her and she wanted to pour out a blessing back to the church. So she said, would it be okay if I got a check and and I gave it to Pastor Arnett at the church? And I said, well, absolutely. So the next Sunday she went to church. After church was over, she walked up to Pastor Barnett and said, I want to pay my tithe on this money I received and gave him a check for $500. You know, his eyes got teary. He looked at her and he looked at me and he said, this is wonderful. He said, God's going to richly bless you. It was really a great moment. So see what I'm saying? When God loves, says that he loves a cheerful giver. Look at the cheer and joy that went through that. When my son was blessed, his wife was blessed, he was blessed, I was blessed, the church was blessed, everybody was happy. Then when my daughter received some money from an accident, she was blessed. Then she went up to Pastor Tommy Barnett and gave him the check for the church. And he was blessed. The church was blessed. I was blessed. She was blessed. My wife was blessed. You see what I'm getting at here? When we give, God will pour out a blessing that we can't even contain sometimes. And those those stories that I gave you happened many, many years ago. In my daughter's case, that was like, like 40 years ago when that happened. And I'm still receiving the joy and passing that joy on to you from someone who gave to God first, trusted God, prayed about it, trusted God, had faith to give, and was a blessing to the church. And now you are receiving that same blessing. That is the gift of giving. That is the blessing of giving. That's what God intended when he said that he'll pour out a blessing that we can't contain. As a pastor for over 20 years and as a Sunday school teacher for 15 years and being involved in giving for my entire Christian life, There are so many examples that I could give you, and I'd like to share one with you now about a young lady who came to me in church. We had started our church, and we had a building program going on. She walked up to me one day, and she said, Pastor, I want to bless the work of the Lord. Now, this lady was recently divorced. She had a child that she was raising on her own, and she wasn't making a lot of money at her job. She had a modest income, but she wanted to give something to the work of the Lord. So she came up and made a commitment and said, Pastor, I want to give an offering. I don't have it right now, but I'd like to make a pledge, an offering to give this money to the church so I can bless the building of our new facilities. 
when I first saw her, I, I thought to myself, you know, Lord, maybe I should just tell her, oh, it's okay. You really need it a lot more than the church does. And I started to say something like that. And she interrupted me. She said, no, 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 don't you, don't do say that. Don't you rob me of my blessing. Now think about what just took place. Here's a young lady. She doesn't have a lot of money. She's raising a child on her own. She's got a job that is just paying her just enough to barely get by. And she wants to give to the church. And as I'm trying to instruct her and saying things like, well, you know, it's not necessary and you probably need to keep this to help your family. She interrupted me and she said, I don't want to be robbed of my blessing. That just spoke volumes to me. It told me that there's people with a greater faith than even I had. I would, matter of fact, I was kind of felt a little bit guilty that maybe my wife and I hadn't given enough and hadn't made a large enough commitment our, in our own to the church. But then she went on to say that she wanted to be a blessing to the church and knew that God would provide. And besides, he'd always taken care of her needs. So why should she worry or why should she be concerned? So she went on and made the commitment. And as time went by, she got a couple of promotions at the work. She was able to be blessed in her career. And it was just a very short period of time. She was able to make that commitment and pay it. And then she was able then to purchase her own house. She purchased her own car. She met a wonderful young man and they got married and she's living a great life today. Th think about what happened in her life. She was at a crossroads. She was at a point where she was trying to decide, should I give or should I hold back? She stood up in faith. She prayed about it. She had faith to believe about it. And so I believe that God was then obligated to bless her faith. So she made the commitment. She gave to God first, not expecting anything in particular in return. And God blessed her. And I tell you, there's stories I could go on and on with examples of people who've given financially. I could also give examples of people who've held back. There were a number of people in church that I knew who would hold back from their giving. In one particular case, a, a lady came to me and her husband and said, we'd like to purchase a lot of equipment and things for the church. So we would like to give a very large check. And it was a very large six-digit check, over $100,000, that they wanted to give to the church. So they said, we'd like to do this, but would you pray for my business? Would you pray for our business that we would prosper and we'd be in a position to be able to do that? So we prayed and we prayed and months went by and months went by and we prayed and we prayed that the Lord would bless her. I mean, I didn't pray every day about it, but when I would meet them, they'd come up and want to pray about the blessing and the commitment that they had and how they wanted to be a blessing to the church. So then all of a sudden, the gates of, of heaven opened up, or the windows of heaven opened up and poured out a blessing in them in their business. And they made a fortune. They made millions of dollars. And all of a sudden, they realized, oh my goodness, we need to pay this commitment. So they came to me and said, you know, we've thought a lot about this and that amount of money that we committed to you, we're not going to be able to pay it now because we think we can do much better. And so they went on their merry way. They then basically withheld back a blessing that they were going to give to the work of the Lord. And I believe they forgot that God was their source. As their life went on, I was just content with them. I wasn't angry with them. I wasn't upset with them. But they came to me and said, as the years went by, that all of a sudden business had turned and things were getting bad again and that they couldn't understand why it seemed like everything they tried to do in their finances just didn't seem to work out. And I didn't remind them. I could have dumped that story on them and said, well, remember when you made a commitment and then you withheld it. And I, I wasn't going to say that, but I can tell you that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And these folks went to the Lord, were impressed to do something, I believe God blessed them so that they could fulfill that commitment that they had made 
and they withheld from it. And I just believe that that's a sad story. Look, look at the story of the young girl, how she was blessed because she was faithful. And the couple that pledged much but never gave it, yet was blessed financially and then turned around and lost it. It's a, it's a good story and a terrible story. But we can learn from both of them. That's, that's the way life is. We can learn from our experiences. We can learn from the things that we've done right and the things that we've done wrong. Now, that's not a story to set anybody up so that you'll start giving all kinds of money to your church. Just the opposite. It's to help you understand that we can't outgive God. In all my years of pastoring, and you've probably heard this by your own pastor or people have mentioned this to you as you've read about it and whatever. In all my years of pastoring, I've never, ever had a person come to me and say, Pastor, I've been tired tithing and giving to the Lord my finances, and I just regret it so much. Never had that happen, but I have had, I mean, literally hundreds of people over the years who've told me we've never tithed, we've never given, we've never had the faith to trust God and put him first in our finances, and we wish we would have done that. We wish we would have been faithful to him. Usually that comes from people who've struggled with their finances all their life, and then late in life, they realize maybe they should trust God in their finances and give to God first. Now, I'm sure with the number of people who are downloading these podcasts, there's some of you out there who've given God of your finances, put him first, and you're being blessed accordingly. And there's those of you who are out there who are probably a little upset that you're listening to a podcast about tithing and giving 10% of your income or giving a lot of money to the church. And you may be bothered by that and think that somehow that's wrong and there's no reason to do that. And then there's another group of people who are regretting that maybe you should have given your finances to the Lord. You should have made God first in your finances. Should have identified God as your source. You see, the Lord is our source in every area of our life. He's our source for peace. He's our source for financial blessing. He's our source for health because Jesus is our healer. He is our source in happiness and the peace of God that passes all understanding that will guard our heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So then why would we cut off our source? If we decide we don't want to give to the work of the Lord, or we don't want to be a giving person, we are literally literally cutting off our source of blessing. Now, you know, when you work for your employer and he pays you a check, gives you a check for the work that you've done, why would you go out and cut him off? Why would you turn against him and be opposed to him, be angry with him and quit the job and cut your source of income off? God is so much greater than your employer. God's ability to bless you is so much greater and such an unlimited amount of blessing that God has in store for us. So remember, if you put God first in your finances, I can tell you, you'll never regret it. My wife and I have been tithing and giving of our finances to the Lord, and we have never regretted it. And I mean never. You might say, well, then you must be rich and you've got tons of money and you never have a problem financially. No, just the opposite. There have been many times when we've had situations where we faced a challenge in our finances, times when we were wondering how we were going to make the next house payment, or times where we were wondering whether the church was going to be able to make its mortgage payment, or we were able to pay our staff at the church. Yes, we've been many times we've had that. But every single time when we keep God first, right off the top, give to Him from what He's provided to us. He will bless us. We've never lacked for anything. We've never missed a house payment, never gone hungry because God promised that he would bless us and he would supply all of our needs. And he's done that ever since I gave my life to him. I would be in remiss. I would be in error if I didn't share with you the greatest giving example we find in the word of God found in John 3, 16. 
For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God is a giver. Think of it. He gave his Son for us. He believes in giving, and he proved it by giving the greatest gift that anyone could give. I have a son and a daughter. I can't comprehend giving their life for anyone else. But God gave his son as a sacrifice for all of us. And that established a foundation of giving that God showed us an example. He gave us an example of the potential, the blessings that come from giving. Just think of it. He gave his son so that everyone who would ever live would have the opportunity to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior and to spend eternity in heaven. Yeah, heaven is real. It's a place where we'll go for those of us who've given our life to Jesus Christ and surrendered our life. So if you've not done that, let me just lead you in a prayer right now that you would commit your life to Christ. You may be struggling with your finances. You may be struggling with your health, whatever it might be. But let's put all that aside right now and just go to the Lord and ask for him to bless us. And just repeat this prayer. Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for the sins of my life. I repent of my sins and I ask you to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that, God, you gave your Son for me as a sacrifice that I could have eternal life with you. So this day, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I promise to serve him all the days of my life in Jesus' name. You know, I normally don't go quite as long in that area, but I really felt led of the Holy Spirit that there's people out there listening to this podcast today that maybe you tuned in here with a desire to know how to receive funds and how to get money and how to receive financial blessing. Well, let me just tell you, if you prayed that prayer and you've never prayed it before and you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've received the greatest gift that you could ever receive. God has given you the ultimate gift, which is eternal life with him and with his son, Jesus. So I want to thank the Lord that you prayed that prayer. And I want you to find a good church. I want you to plug into a church in your area and get the word of God out and read it and believe and study God's word and understand what giving is all about. Before I close this particular episode, there's one scripture I think that would be powerful for us to read. It's found in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 9, where it says, the generous will be blessed. So we're going to talk about generosity in upcoming podcasts because generosity is the key to receiving an abundance, matter of fact, more than what you can imagine or even think. Today, I pray that this lesson has taught us something, has helped us, and brought us into a better understanding of what giving is. So let me pray as we close this. Father, bless those who've tuned in today and listened to this teaching. I pray that you would pour out a blessing, Father, that they cannot contain. Father, bless them in all that they say and do, Father, and may your name be glorified, Father. And we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to read from your word, to learn from it, and be blessed by it, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.